This podcast has been adapted from our YouTube channel. To enjoy the full experience, head to YouTube and search FullBoost.com.au and this podcast title. In this week's episode of Bench Talk, the Dakota airbag scandal is back in the news. And once again, local councils are ripping you off. And Giordo rubs one out over his favourite Swedish car maker. <coughs> What's a bench talk without some RX-8 salt? And I mean, this is salt into the wound hard. So much cringe, please delete this video. Learn about the engine and actually get some first-hand experience with it, then make a new one. Guy makes a good point because I've been pricing up RX-8s, like I've been checking out car sales weekly. He says learn about the engine. Wasn't Broomy in the video looking at the Renaissance motor comparing it to the older engine, saying these are the drawbacks with it? That's the whole point. Dude, I've got to experience, experience the power you know, of the Renaissance engine firsthand. It's not a bad idea because I can get into one for about $3.50. The Renesis engine is not bad. It is misunderstood. No one's misunderstanding it, mate. People like you sharting on its name doesn't help anyone. Yeah, it does. Have you checked out the, pro the resale prices of these things? $60,000 car, and seriously, you can buy one for like five grand. Wanker much? Hates RX-8s so much he thinks an LS will make it better. Uh, yeah, it will. <laughs> Clueless beyond my mind's limits. Mazda needs to experiment beyond normal what makes them not just another effing car. The thought don't change is the same as stop thinking. Is this guy Yoda? Did that make any sense? I'm still trying to remember what you just said because I'm just... I'm maybe if I read... Maybe if I read... Say it backwards, it might make more sense. Thinking stop is same, that is change don't. It actually doesn't make any less sense, so... Don't enough? Don't enough. Now, Jordan, I notice you got a new t-shirt on there. We have sold a ton of stickers of these and a lot of people have asked us to put it on a shirt, so... They're available in our shop in a bunch of different colours. For once, different colours. Get and on. And speaking of Barra fans... <laughs> Whip this up. Also, this is also available in a t-shirt, but you know, the old uh, running uh, eights for 2k joke. Well, apparently to some it's not a joke, it's dead serious. <laughs> dead serious. That's one for the toolbox. Residents of the southeast suburb are tonight furious. A car left to rust on their street for four years still hasn't been towed away. You see this, the residents of this suburb, they're not too impressed. In fact, they are furious because there's a mint AU parked down the street and it, and it hasn't moved. And I had no idea where you were going with that, but I've seen that video. Unsightly, unroadworthy and near unimaginable, it's been left like this for almost four years. It looks disgusting. I don't know how anybody can let it stay there, really. What the rule is here, if your car's parked on the street and it's unregistered, in other words, your rego's lapsed and you haven't paid it, then you're not allowed to park it on the street. And if it's there for a certain amount of time, and it's not that long, it's weeks or a month or something, or whatever it is, you have to take it off the street. And I put a defective, well, not a defective vehicle, but I put, put a sticker on it anyway. You look at this car, this car has not moved in that long. It's rusted, the tyres have been slashed, it's vandal, the window's smashed. This place... Is this in South Australia? It may be. Because they've got pretty lax roadworthy laws over the, there. And, and I'm, even I'm thinking, why, why haven't the council moved it? They can't move it because it's... It's registered. The owner is still paying regis registration. <laughs> How much is the car worth? Yeah, it's an AU though. Doesn't it make sense that you'd keep registering? I know, I mean... It's the internet's favourite car. Well, it is an eyesore in the street and... 
Uh, you know, it's just terrible look. Vandals continue to add to the lengthy list of damage. The wheels slashed, the windows smashed, and what isn't already busted has rusted. But apparently, as usual, the council's just uh, going around the rules and saying apparently he's got a week to get it off to get it off the street, or else they're towing it. Fair enough, though. Seriously, can you imagine having that parked next year? I had I had a car, a Celica, parked. I live near a school and it was parked out the front wall. It was back, sort of on the school property, technically, I reckon for two and a half years. Like four flat tyres, you know, weeds are growing around it. And it finally got pushed out onto the street, I reckon, and it had a, one of those stickers. This will be yeah, towed yeah. in seven days. And then I walked past it and you could tell the person had scraped it off. And I'm like, yeah, that'll do it, buddy, because no one keeps any records. Actually, we're talking about a council here. Mm. Probably taking about six months to get back. So that, that thing eventually got towed. Speaking of councils, here's a good story for once. Good story as in like these pricks aren't getting away with this. Three major Melbourne councils are accused of breaking the law when it comes to parking fine disputes. Apparently three councils in Melbourne have been done for booking cars illegally. They're using, they were outsourcing a company which apparently they weren't supposed to do and on top of that people have got proof about cars being in parking spots for two hours, oh, sorry 20 minutes in a two hour and getting done. But anyway, three councils, they've got to refund nearly 20 million bucks. That's over 200,000 fines. Yeah, but it's ridiculous. I, they can only be re refunded if the person put in a complaint. Complaint, exactly. Which most people wouldn't. Oh, apparently there are a lot, but still, I know what you mean. Most people just don't fight but it. Where's the, uh, like, where's the recourse in terms of, okay, they have to pay back the money, but where's like, shouldn't there be some sort of penalties? For just, for just making up this rubbish? Yeah, but who gets penalised? The ratepayers? Where do the council get their money from? Mm. This is the point where they shouldn't even, most of them shouldn't even exist. Local councils should be abolished, full stop. They serve no purpose. All they do is spend your money. You see that one uh, in Victoria, Whittlesea Council? It was in the news the other day. They're actually being shut down. Really? Well, I used to live in that council. Yeah, the, the whole, they're basically just cleaning house and everyone's getting the house. Screw you! You're fired! Hang on, were they responsible for the uh, northern suburb raised intersections? I'm pretty sure they'd be in that council, wouldn't they? Probably. They've been an absolute hit, those things. Some of the dumbest crap you've ever seen on the roads. In a public place, a brazen act. A woman lingers, then approaches this Tesla car before dragging a key down the side in the Westfield Penrith car park. Some bloke parks his... I think he only had the car for a very short amount of Three time. Three months. Three months. Parks it in the car park. Of course, the Tesla's got um, a lot of cameras on it, and even these it's got days, got a lot of uh, uh, stuff. This woman would have no idea what's on. No it. idea. It's got like uh, cameras on the side for its uh, lidar detection and all that mm. stuff. This woman goes past, keys the entire side of the car for what? Just jealousy that she sees a nice new car in the car park. Yeah, but I saw some Why people would you saying, do that? "Oh, it's not jealousy." What, what else? Is what it? else was it? Would there be? This, it's a new. And they're like, "Why would you be jealous over a Tesla?" Well, it's not a $500 beta bomb, is it? I think it was like a $90,000 Tesla. If this woman's driving around in a you know, $500 Corolla, yeah. We weren't going to read the comments for that one. It was, uh, that yeah. was just instant demonetization, probably banned off YouTube. I looked at it and I was just scrolling, like going, nah, nah, nah. That <laughs> pretty offensive. And so they should be. She's a total piece of shit. See you next Tuesday. Police have now charged the woman with malicious damage and while it's likely she'll receive a fine, the maximum penalty is five years behind bars. Now you should lock her up, I'll tell you. We've heard about the old Takata 
If you're outside of Australia, I don't know if it's... Is it, is it a worldwide scandal? It is, isn't it? Mm. The Takata airbag recall has been going on for years. I had one replaced in my uh, Ford a, f a few years ago. Yeah, one of our cars got replaced, a Toyota one. But car manufacturers are refusing to fix older cars. Instead, owners are being forced to surrender them for a pittance. They, they might have some new old stock, obviously, but they're not mm. going to have spare parts for every car ever made. That's understandable. So it's 15 years old, right? And it's in a collision where, all the, where the airbags go off. It's probably going to be a write-off. They're not going to fix it. And because airbags are expensive to replace. So they've been going around. A lot of the companies have been going around and trying to replace them. There's a, lot of, there's a few videos of them going you know, to pretty remote places and replacing these airbags. But obviously, they can't replace them all. So they've, they've said, hey, we're going to buy your car back. Yes. But obviously, what's a 15-year-old car worth for the most part? Well, look at this one. It says, my mother's car got taken away by Toyota. They gave her three grand. The car only had 66,000 kilometres and has been serviced yearly since new. So it was probably a low-kilometre car. It was probably old, but it was probably in fairly good condition. Finding a replacement used car with that much mileage is about nine grand. So that's six that's grand true, yeah. that I have to contribute towards the purchase as she's on the pension and can't afford it. I mean, that's, that's crap. But at the same time, you also... What, what if she was in an accident? An accident. Oh, no, not her fault. No, well, yeah, and the she's, airbag's gone off. She's not going to yeah. get paid nine grand for a car that old, even if it's got no kilometres. No, but at some point, duty of care, they'll go, well, what if the airbag does injure her? Of course, of course. And then there's some people who've signed a, a waiver basically saying, you know, you're not liable, and they've removed the airbag, and there's no airbag. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, that means that person has no insurance because how's the car roadworthy yeah. if, the, if the owner knowingly knows there's no airbag in the car? So if a car had an airbag, it's been removed. It would never pass roadworthy. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. This is something we keep getting into an argument. I still don't understand this, how people buy these number plates and they're worth money. This one recently sold, is, is it Victoria? Yep. It was the plate number, it's the number 26. So it's only two, two digits. So that all the two digits. It's not that hard to plates, work out, Jordan. They're meaningless. They're just meaningless to me. There's no capital gains tax on them. That's why they cost, that's why there's so much money to be made. What's, if, you, if you bought something, it's like, it's like stocks, right? It's just, it's all based on nothing, right? It, it is. So it's a giant Ponzi scheme, isn't yeah, it? Pretty much. So, so it's a worthless item that goes up in value, effectively. It's, it's, what is it? I got it, you want it. That's what makes it worth something. So if it's worth $500,000, I, I read one guy, he bought a plate, I think it was for four hundred grand. sold it for uh, just near on eight hundred. It was like seven eighty or something. So he's basically doubled his money in two years. That's ridiculous. As far as I'm aware, there's no capital gain tax on it. That's clean profit. You're not going to get that on a house. You've got to pay on you know, any sort of asset. You've got to pay capital gains tax on it. That's why half of these, a lot of these plates are bought by overseas investors. Mm. They're not really worth anything, are they? Imagine what the full burst number plates are going to be worth. 350 yeah, And they're not for sale. Not for sale. Now, this isn't new new. I found this article. It's actually from, um, I think it's from late last year. It was about the Dutch government was cutting speed limits to 100 kilometres an hour down from 130 to 100. Uh, I don't think it was on every road, but it was on some of their main freeways in an effort to cut air pollution. People are dying. Okay. <laughs> I mean, half the people in uh, Holland ride bikes anyway, don't they? That's a massive drop though. Hmm? Think of doing 130 and you're down to 100. I feel like you're doing 50. Like, you know I mean? That sense of speed and then you, you do a two hour trip, you've just lost 
But aren't you, you're on the road longer, yeah? Oh, but that's what I mean. You, you, you're going to be on the road longer, you're going to be more tired. I don't know how beneficial that is really for noise. I would have thought, I would have thought like congestion, like stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, would create more pollution, wouldn't it? In terms of distance travel? Well, you've got to think, I mean, the car's, the car is running longer, but technically it's revving less. Mm. I don't really think a car, say, doing 2300 RPM and 2800 RPM, would it make that much difference to the fuel using? They're, everything, they're running pretty yeah, lean these days. Yeah, I don't know. That's, um, that'll never happen here because we'll never be at 130. Actually, actually, what am I talking about? The freeways will be 80k soon at this rate. Half the margin, though. Now this, this, this is another thing which I'd be shocked if it happens because it's actually some common sense. This was about pushing for speed limits to be scrapped or overtaking in Victoria. I've, I've talked it's about this a lot. Not stop so it off the bat, this ain't happening ever. It, it's way too logical. If you're on a country road and you pull up behind someone who's doing, say, 95 and you think, hold me up, I want to do 100, what's the best way to get around them? You pull out and you just rip it, right? What's the best way to get around them? Haven't you seen Days of Thunder? I thought you meant the rental car scene. But this is how ridiculous it is. If you were to pull out and not exceed the speed limit, you are on the other side of the road, oncoming traffic. For I think someone said you'd be on the be a couple of kilometres. It's it? at least a k. Yeah. If you're only doing one or two k's more than, more than them, yeah. it takes you that long. Yet if you pull out and just rip it and cut straight back in, you might have just flicked it to 140. Right? Technically, you could lose your license. It's it's absolutely stupid. If you've the, got a the car, po the if, point of it should be you are on the yeah. wrong side of the road for as least possible time. If you've got a car with some, you know, a little, little bit of grunt, a little bit of boost, a bit, bit of grunt, you can pull out and. You can be around them in a couple of seconds. Pretty quick, yeah. yeah you might go over the speed limit by, you know, a few k's, but who cares? Like, it's a couple of seconds exactly, you're on the wrong side of the road. The cops, the police should have some discretion with that, I find on a country road. I find it completely ridiculous. What do they expect you to do? And then it's like, well, why do you have to overtake them? Well, what, so I should just sit behind people doing 80 the whole way home because they're is it, useless drivers? How is it safer sitting behind another car? Yeah, I know. Wouldn't you rather just have no one in front of you? You've, you've got to concentrate way more when there's a car in front of you. Oh, especially if they're going slow, and then they probably think you're tailgating them, but you, they're, they're, their speeding is so... or they're, they're, the speed they're doing is so up and down. Well, a lot of people, you regardless if they use cruise control, a lot of people, especially on a single-lane highway, cannot keep a, con a consistent speed. And if why, they hit a corner... Why, why aren't they using cruise control? Well, whatever. Well, that's an, that's some, another, look, that's, some cars that's, don't have cruise control. Oh, no, but you see new cars, they're just... Yeah, whatever. But, I mean, they'll hit a corner and they'll drop 15 kilometres. Oh, they'll hit a crest of a hill and you'll drop 30 k's. Because they don't, they don't understand you've actually got to hit the accelerator a bit more. But that that's... Yeah, I, I know it's all good to read the article, but that something like that in Australia is never going to happen. It's just... Our, our solution to the road toll is just insane. Huge news in terms of drag racing. That's true. Car brunettes... GM Pontiac has run a five-second pass, 595 at 230 miles per hour from a four-banger. Hang on. Corner of the internet, that's a six-second pass. You've got to round that shit up. You're right, actually. I think unless he runs like a 5-1, that's not a five-second pass. Yeah, probably, probably not, actually. This isn't even a record, is it? Come to think of it. How many... Uh... So many people have yeah. no idea about these GM Ecotec four-cylinders. But back, you know, you and I spent a fair bit of time in the US for nearly, nearly 20 years ago. 
Oh, they're 15 years ago, yeah. Longer? It was actually, yeah, I think I was going to... No, it was 15 years ago, and they had all the GM... The GM... Uh, they 2003, had, I was They had a there. massive boom in what mm. they called sport compact drag racing. And so, because they get shafted and don't get pretty much anything out of Japan, mm-hmm. they ended up doing all the four-cylinder domestic stuff. So, of course, a lot of it was front-wheel drive, and that's why Hondas and other front-wheel drives became really popular. And, of course... Yeah, but GM threw their hat in the ring Honda, and they, they were pushing... Hondas were killing it. And then GM turned up with this uh, Ecotech setup, front-wheel drive. You could just buy it as a package, 1,100 you, horsepower. You could buy a, a thousand... A, a crate plus. engine as set up, ready to go. But they, Can you imagine rocketing into they, Holden and they, getting a thousand they, horsepower LS engines? They put autos in them and it was just eight-second cars all day long. Out of those well, they were, they, in, a pro, in the pro cars, front-wheel drives, they ran into the sixes. Like, ages ago. So this is the, basically the same engine. And so this isn't some huge, big cube, like... 2.8 litre or something. And I think Carl Brunette's engine's a 2.1. I saw this car in Orlando late last year. There was no billet in it. No, cast head, cast block. That is impressive. And so how many cast uh, LSs have run into the fives? With twice as many cylinders? Yeah. That's, uh, donuts? <laughs> Buy her out. Five, five, five second four cylinder and an LS has not done that. That that's impressive. correct, or are we going to get flamed? Oh, look, I think it's correct. I'm pretty sure the first LS into the fives was a billet engine, yeah? We'll probably look it up later and realise we're wrong. But yeah, should have run a barrel. Time for your favourite time of the week, Jordan. You can talk about your new cars. The new Koenigsegg came out. The How other. do you pronounce it? Well, that was supposed to be at the uh, Geneva Motor Show, and of course, because of the... Uh, <coughs> um, Everything's been cancelled. COVID-19 has cleaned out the world, hasn't it? In terms the, of This uh, thing, is, it's called a Jumeirah. Have I pronounced that right? This car, it has a... It's a four-door, yeah? Four, a four-seater. Sorry, it's a four-seater. It's with a four-seater. Huge going doors or something. Ma- yeah, single doors though. So you just, mm. it's big enough where you can just literally hop in the back. The door looks like it's about seriously this long. The car looks incredible. I love it. It's just... It's so Koenigsegg. They I think do they stuff so to different some, to other manufacturers. I had to use some steel, I read, in the door hinges. But uh, this thing's got a three-cylinder. You think three-cylinder. It's actually a two-litre, so it's big for a three-cylinder. It, um, the engine alone makes 600 horsepower. And six, three-cylinder. And 600 newton metres. That's and a what, you got electric on... Revs to 8,500 8, RPM. And then you got... Um, but didn't you do something trick like... Oh, sorry, it, 600 newton metres. It makes... 400 newton meters at 1700 rpm so it doesn't it obviously doesn't drive like a three-cylinder but they did something trick with the exhaust system to make it sound i think they spent a lot of time trying to do something with the exhaust system so it actually had some sort of note yeah he said the engine only weighs 70 kilos uh and he's about the same as a radar and i think it's i think it's the first they've had this uh proprietary system called free valve and they've, they've invented it years ago and there's been heaps of videos where they had it on a test. I think it was mm. a Saab or a Volvo or something, and they did like, you know, 200,000 Ks in it. But effectively, there's no valve springs. There's no camshafts. Nothing. So it effectively means you have no limitations. You know, the camshaft has limitations at RPM. So they basically, effectively, can have any, you know, lift, whatever they want at any RPM, but... They can electronically control that each, valve. Each valve. As opposed to not like a camshaft where you kind of, they're all kind of doing the same thing. The free valve engine they were mucking around with years ago, it had apparently far better fuel economy and power of an equivalent same size engine with a regular cylinder head. It's actually got three electric motors, so it's got one on the crank Mm -hmm. and two on the rear of the car. 
a two on each axle. So how much grunt does it have all in? All in, 1,700 horsepower. And uh, how much torque is it? 2,500 foot-pounds of torque. So that would be... So you're talking barra specs here? Yeah, barra specs. When you, when you see those dyno wheel torques, so people think the barra makes 3,000. My Skyline just came off the dyno and it made 13,000 torques. It'll only go 0 to 100 in 1.9 seconds. Yeah, but that's, a lot of this is coming down to just, you know, tyres, isn't it? I mean, there's only so fast you can accelerate. He was saying the car weighs, I think the car weighs 1,800 kilos, which sounds heavy, but he said if it was all electric, it would have weighed another 400 kilos. Yeah, because of the battery systems. Well, they're saying in theory it probably will. This car will go... Um, 250 mile an hour? No, no, over 300, over 500 kilometres. Oh, okay. Because I but, thought electric cars are always hindered a bit in the top. top well, he was saying too, This is the, I think this is the last car where they're like, they're going to actually try and go for these top speed runs because it's getting ridiculous and they're probably thinking, it's not actually relevant. It's pointless, yeah. No one's actually going to do that speed. And, and if, because they don't have the access to the Bugatti um, test ring, it's hard for them to even get an area where they can do these tests. If you're not doing 300, 500. If you go off the internet, it'd be, why would you buy this? Because, I mean, when you just get, you just get taken a gap all the years down at the highway. So I see Ford have uh, done a bit of a power increase on the 2.3, the four-cylinder, the 2.3 four-cylinder Mustang, the EcoBoost. Oh, they've changed, no, they've changed the name. It's not called an EcoBoost. It's called a performance. Oh, high performance. That's a really awesome that name. That was um, a lot of thought went into that, don't you reckon? A lot of strategy and board meetings oh, high to, come performance. Up, to come up with the name High Performance. I've been earning and burning, snapping necks and cashing checks. Screw it, let's let them do it. So they've upgraded the turbo from a Focus RS and it's got a whopping 236 kilometres. Not kilometres, kilowatts. Kilowasps. Kilowasps. That's a fair bit out before. I see people ripping on it, but I personally haven't been in a four-cylinder Mustang, but apparently they drive pretty well. Wouldn't touch one? Oh, I mean, I've, I drove... Uh, so I've been in the, in the current one, the 10-speed... Uh, five-litre. Five-litre, and the tr I thought the transmission was quite nice, pretty seamless, and... But the, the actual Mustangs themselves, I don't know how many you've been in, but they're quite noisy. Like... You were saying... Yeah, you get a lot of road noise and stuff in them. The NVH is not that low. It's nothing on a HSV. Buying but one of... Th then again, for the money, they're pretty good value, aren't they? Compared to what else is on the market, what are you going to buy? Well, they're a lot cheaper than a V8 Mustang. But these are these are like ten grand, I think over ten grand cheaper. Oh, at least. than the V8 Mustang. What are they like? Low fifties. I think they're fifty-one, and I think a V8 is sixty-two or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's about ten grand, I think. So it's a fair saving. Buying, but in all honesty, if you're buying a Mustang, like, <laughs> if I want a Mustang to get the V8, yeah. Otherwise, if 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 I wanted a four-cylinder, I'd buy the Focus. The all drive focus personally. Look, this is gonna this is gonna get us uh, not too happy with the fans, but I reckon those focuses look like horseshit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're gonna date for it. Especially, especially well. in that baby blue colour, it's mm, it just looks tacky to it. It just looks cheap. That car. But especially the rear of it, it just looks like a Yeah. Yeah. The other ones have all the head gasket issues, aren't they? Well, they've, they've got like an open deck block here. Yeah? They've stopped making them. Yeah. They don't, do they even sell them in Australia? I think they've actually stopped. I don't know, to be honest. Buying one of these would be like going to a high-priced hooker and paying full price for a hug. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not, really, you're not really paying full price, are you? What do you mean? 
Well, it's 10 grand cheaper. Oh, yeah, yeah. I referred to that comment. I know. People people will just rip on it and go, I, I reckon, not, I mean, a full cylinder Mustang doesn't really interest me that much. It's not a car I'd buy, but I guarantee uh, it would be way better than what people assume. It would be okay to drive. Be fine. How could, how could it not go well? And I've heard like track days, they're, they're, I've seen them, they're, they're quick as. A lot of people say they're, they're far better balanced. They'd have way less weight over the front of the car. Mm -hmm. But look, it depends what you're buying it for. You know, most, most Mustangs, the majority of Mustangs I see are stock. Mm. And people are just driving them in traffic. But you want a V8. Come on. And the, the, those Ford engines sound good. They do. I mean, it's no, no LS, but... They sound, no, they sound better than LS, to be honest, I reckon. 